This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Okay, welcome. Well, this might be probably one of the most revealing and vulnerable pieces of content I've ever done. I was quite nervous writing it, and now I'm going to read it for you and share it for you, for those of you who prefer audio or video content. So erectile dysfunction. I'm going to talk about the psychological behind-the-scenes story of erectile dysfunction and performance anxiety, premature ejaculation, all those kind of things that happen. I'm going to talk about the great secret of how some men are actually afraid of sex. They don't know that they're afraid of it, but their behavior shows that they are. So this one's especially for the men. It's specifically for men who find sex and dating to be a struggle, uh, sexually inexperienced guys or guys who at least feel that they're inexperienced, uh, guys who frequently experience anxiety-based symptoms in the bedroom, erectile dysfunction or ED, premature ejaculation, other kind of problems, and guys who just really struggle with women. They, they, they don't have a sex life, they find it hard to find a partner, and they're trying really hard, it just doesn't seem to happen, and there's no real obvious reason why it shouldn't be able to happen. So this one is for those guys, those guys who suspect that they might have some serious psychological issues around sex, and they want to get this stuff sorted, but they don't know how. And this one's also for the partners of guys like this, or, or women uh, dating, or chasing a guy who seems to be reluctant to get into the bedroom. Um, they want a great sex life, but the guy seems either physically incapable or ashamed. Let's talk about how sex is a big deal. Sex is a big deal to many men. Um, and because it's such a big deal, many men secretly have a lot of anxiety attached to sex. Uh, particularly the idea of some sex with somebody new and unfamiliar and possibly unsafe socially. What's not quite clear, however, is why it's such a big deal. Why do we make such a big deal about sex? Why is it such a big deal emotionally, physically, and mentally? We're pretty sure that men could enjoy sex a lot more than they already do. There wasn't so much shame and pressure and anxiety attached to the whole process. But before this can happen, we need to figure out why men these days are just so psychologically twisted about sex. So sure, sex helps populate the species. Could look like a big deal for that reason, but there's already 7 billion people, so it's not like we need it. You know, uh, sex is fun and it feels great, but there are a lot of things that are fun and feel good. You know, we often joke how nothing's as good as sex, but actually there's heaps of things that are, are up there. And we don't make such a big deal about them, we don't have some shame and anxiety attached to things like that. Bungee jumping, taking drugs, it all feels good. Um, so it's not just about feeling good. And your sex shows that people like you, and they approve of you physically. But you can achieve that in other ways as well, and we don't make such a big deal about those other ways. Sex is still this, like, number one issue. So in this piece of content, I'm going to explore something dark and mysterious that plagued my life for many, many years, for most of my life. And now it's become a staple conversa conversation that I have with my nice guy clients, my people pleaser clients, or my male clients in particular. So I'm going to share my dark history with sex. So when sex first entered my life as a topic of interest, it was already fraught with uncertainty and, and pressure. I was the last of my friends to try masturbation um, because I thought somehow it's gay to have sex with yourself. You know, it's like sex with another guy. So it put me off for a while. Um, 
And in high school, in my particular high school, a lot of people were having sex very early age, 13, 14. Uh, and I could barely get a hand on like asking a girl out at that stage. So I felt really left behind. I felt like I was dragging the chain. And I ended up actually lying about getting laid so that people would get off my back about being a virgin. That's how ashamed I was about my kind of lack of skill in that area. With my first proper girlfriend, I was so nervous about the whole sex thing. It took me like three months just to build up the courage to try and go through with it. And my first time was abysmal, really. It was like 30 seconds of just like epileptic thrashing. Um, and I think she actually cried afterwards, which devastated me. And prior to this, you know, in the relationship, I tried to avoid making sex happen because even at the age of 15, I was having erectile dysfunction. Um... I mean, it wasn't physical, I just driving to the bus, you know, driving on the bus to school in the morning would, um, you know, do a trick on me. But if I was actually with a girl who who, who wanted sex, um, my genitals would just refuse to participate. It was bizarre. And I was too scared to share this with everyone because nobody else seemed to have this problem because, of course, anybody who did wasn't sharing it. So I hid it. And after this first long-term relationship, uh, during which the issue went away, the, the issue came back, roaring back right after it ended uh, straight away. So I started to become afraid of showing sexual interest in a girl because, you know, in case she actually reciprocated and I'd be forced to put on a performance, be put to the test. So I started developing something which in my coaching I now call anxiety squared, which is where you get anxiety about having anxiety. So I, I would become anxious about the possibility of sexual anxiety in the future. So the the symptom, uh, my worry about ED became the cause of my ED. You know, I was just stuck in a loop now. The original cause was long forgotten. Um, so it now seemed to me, in my perspective, inevitable that if I was to get into a sexual experience with a girl, it would go badly. And I know a lot of guys who feel this way. So I developed what I've dubbed subconscious sexual avoidance. And that's where I begin to self-sabotage when it comes to sex and dating. I can't see myself doing it um, but in my, you know, in my head, I look, I, I was sure I was desperately trying to find a girlfriend and desperately trying to get laid. But nowadays when I look back, I can see subconsciously somehow I was preventing sexual opportunities from coming to fruition. You know, if, if a girl looked at me and gave me the look, I'd look away. You know, if a girl was texting me and she suddenly seemed to amp up the interest, I'd suddenly become slack at texting her back and too busy, you know. Um, I'd get too drunk at a party if a girl wanted me and I wouldn't be able to like, I'd be justified not being able to go home with her. And then there were all the excuses that came up. You know, there was this one girl I couldn't sleep with her because my friend used to like her and I didn't want to hurt his feelings. You know, there's that kind of stories. Or was another girl, she had just had a big breakup. I didn't want to take advantage of her in her emotionally vulnerable state. So I couldn't sleep with her either. You know, there'd be girls I was attracted to, but then if they were interested in me, suddenly... It looked like they weren't my type anymore and I'd lose interest in them. Um, and, and a common recurrence for me was this one-itis, you know, being stuck in the friend zone, which is like obsession with a single girl who's unavailable. I did this just time after time after time. I've become loyal to one girl at a time, thinking she's the one and not even interested in any other girls. Uh, even though I had no chance with this girl and I kind of knew it. And many of my clients do this. They, they hide from sexual opportunity behind a one-sided commitment to a single, safe, unavailable girl. 
So I'd be still pursuing girls and trying my best, and this is why I couldn't see that I was sabotaging. Because to me it looked like I was wildly attracted to girls and pursuing them, but when I looked closer later on I realised I was really attracted to girls who are unavailable. The girls are already in a relationship, uh, girls living far away, logistically difficult to get in touch with. Um, say some of the single mothers with no spare time and no freedom. Um, girls are only interested in being friends. I found that very attractive because it was safe. I wasn't going to have sex with those girls. Now, I didn't know this consciously, but I can unravel the mystery later on. You know, so the less likely a girl was to have sex with me, the more attractive I'd find her, and vice versa. If a girl was really into me, I'd find her needy and kind of pushy and possessive. So in terms of both mindset and behavior, I was now making it very difficult to actually go through with having sex or get into a relationship. I told myself I really wanted those things, but I seemed to be like a victim to these uncontrollable circumstances, bad luck as I often refer to it. That prevented sex from happening and for almost four years from the age of 21 I didn't have sex. And I was confused because I thought I really do want sex and I'm not like a really fucked up guy like I'm just at least an average guy. Why isn't this happening? I was so sure I wanted it I'd fantasize, I'd masturbate to porn, talked about sex all the time, I complained about not getting laid or being single you know, I seemed to want it. I tried online dating, uh, I went to bars and clubs and tried to pick up women. I hung around girls in the friend zone for months at a time, hoping for something. So if someone had said to me, dude, you're avoiding sex, I wouldn't have believed it, right? So one thing I was sure I wasn't avoiding, so I thought. While I was definitely keen to get laid, I was even more keen not to experience sexual embarrassment. You know, it's a, plain, a pain versus pleasure dynamic here. One part of me wanted to get laid, but the other part really didn't want the risks that came with that pursuit. You know, I couldn't see that my subconscious brain was, it was wired strongly for safety, and I didn't consider sex to be safe, you know, socially or emotionally. So my brain would allow me to think I was pursuing sex when in the background I was doing everything it could to stop that from happening in real life. You know, there was this one time I was out with a cute girl and a couple of friends, and the girl directly told me that she wanted to fuck me. It couldn't have been clearer. And I was a sober driver that night, and when it came to taking everyone home, I dropped her off first. Uh, and this was actually out of my way, and then I went and dropped off the others. So now, of course, well, I can't go back. It's ridiculous. I'm already home, sort of thing. These kind of unavoidable logistical problems seem to come up a lot whenever, you know, the mood was ready to strike. Um, but in real, you know, in reality, what my brain was doing is just kind of pushing the eject button, just doing these little maneuvers to keep me away from sex. You know, another time this girl was sending me pictures of herself, she was obviously keen, no doubt about it. Um, and I just quickly got drunk for some reason. And now I couldn't drive, I couldn't go to see her. Oops, you know, whoops, I, I really want to, but now I can't drive. I seem to like wriggle out of opportunities, though my brain's constantly telling me that I want them and that I'm chasing them. You know, and, and on those rare occasions where a girl was just so bold and direct where I didn't really, I couldn't wriggle out of it, she'd like drag me to the bedroom and stuff. Um, it would be so nerve-wracking, so performance pressure-y for me, um, that my ED would come back. And basically, so every sexual experience I had kind of had this high risk of not going well which further confirmed my belief that sex was like dangerous territory for me. When I thought I had no chance with a girl, I'd put a lot of effort in. 
right? I pursue it like, like nobody else. And because I did that, I thought, I'm definitely pursuing it. I'm not avoiding this. Um, it, it was kind of impossible for me but to see it, but not totally impossible, because sexual shame was obvious. And this is what it's all about, sexual shame. You know, with many of these experiences, there was some self-awareness, at least. I, I knew I was hesitant because I was worried about performance. Like, if a girl was really sexually aggressive, I'd assume she was quite experienced, and that should be too much for me to handle, that I'd inevitably disappoint her. And as a nice guy people pleaser, uh, disappointing a woman was firmly on my never do that list. Um, like so many men that will be listening to this now, I was conditioned to believe that my worthiness as a man, my masculinity, was primarily measured by my sexual abilities and my conquests. You know, getting laid often and being able to blast a girl with orgasms, having girls throw themselves at you, that's what a real man was. And anything less is a dismal failure. And I'd believed this since early high school. I, I felt that to be just true, you know. And I knew from my few sexual experiences that I couldn't rely on myself to be that guy. Um, and every other guy I knew is bragging about how good he is in bed and how much he's getting. And porn is showing, like, these superhuman guys just going at it forever, just orgasm after orgasm for the girl. And every girl I talked to would be reminiscing fondly about the guys who are great in bed. And I painted this true picture of what my sexual experience meant for me, which was there must be something wrong with me, right? Compared to all of this evidence of everyone else, like killing it in bed, I must be some sort of freak failure. So I came to believe that I was different, um, broken, lagging behind everybody else. You know, my best friends were constantly in and out of relationships, having one night stands, and here I am, like, lucky if some drunken girl makes out with me at a bar for more than three seconds before her friends drag her away and, like, shoot me a dirty look, you know? So I, I got to a point where I couldn't even dream about sex going well. Like, if I had a dream, it would always go badly. You know, even in my own head, I couldn't even, like, imagine it going well. And what this led to was just pressure, 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 pressure. You know, I'm programmed by my friends and society believe a man should always try to get laid when he pursues a woman. You know, talking, dating, holding hands, kissing, connecting, all that stuff is just like pre-show entertainment. And it's like a test you've got to pass. And when you pass the test, you win the big prize of sex. And it was made very clear to me that if I didn't try to go for that final goal, I'd failed as a man. You know. So whenever I got back from a date, my friends would only ever ask me one question, which was, did you fuck her? Or did you fuck her yet? You know, that was the kind of influence that, that I had, and it resonates with many guys I know. So I came to see interacting with women as basically a job interview for sex. You know, every time I was attracted to a girl, I'd start measuring how well I'm doing with her. This thing would just emerge. It only came up with girls I was attracted to. How well am I doing? How likely is this to end in sex? It's constant measurement as the interaction progressed. You know... If I tried to have sex with a girl and she denied me, my friends would be okay with it. They'd be like, yeah, at least you tried, haven't done the crack next time. But if I was the one to choose not to have sex, I'd just get endless shit for it. Like I'd failed as a man. You know, I'd be questioned about my heterosexuality and such. So the pressure I felt while I'm interacting with women was just slowly but surely increased during my early 20s. You know, I was just constantly stressed and anxious. I, I couldn't have fun and enjoy a conversation when a available attractive woman was nearby you know i just go into this kind of rigid like mode 
And I started to see women as like a different species. As these kind of goddesses who are there to assess my performance sexually and judge me as a man. And the pressure was immense. I, I often think it's like being told that you've got to jump off a cliff and fly. And you know you're not going to be able to do it and you're just going to crash on the ground. But you've got to do it because everyone's doing it. Um, so before long I went from just being nervous about ED to being afraid of sex in general to then actually being afraid of women entirely. And the funny thing was the whole time I thought it was sexual failure that I was afraid of. But later on I finally realized that I was actually afraid of success. And this is where it gets different for a lot of guys who think they're afraid of the failure part. So many guys fantasize about all sorts of fabulous sexual experiences. Uh, the common one is the threesome, like for a guy to have sex with two girls simultaneously. All guys will tell you that's on their bucket list, it's their dream thing. However, you give an average guy actual opportunity to have a threesome, most likely reaction is he'll panic and bail. Really. Especially if both girls are attractive, if they're sexually experienced, and he thinks they're expecting a good show, and if they're going to report back to his friends on how well he did, or there's a risk of that, he will panic. The same problem comes up for guys who are chronically single and they fantasize about having a relationship. They're always wishing they had a girlfriend. You give them the chance at a girlfriend and somehow they fuck it up. You know, they, they sabotage it or they run away from it and avoid it. You know, so this issue is fear of success. The guys are okay with the fantasy. They're okay with imagining it happening. You know, that's why guys are obsessed with porn and sex workers. It's a safe fantasy, a simulation. But you give them the real deal and they pussy out. Now why does this happen? For me it was two reasons. Both having sex and finding a partner I was equally kind of afraid of. First one is I didn't think I deserved it. It was kind of a, it felt like a tainted gift. Because I was stuck in a cycle of shame. I didn't think I'd perform well to please a woman sexually. So that would make me avoid sex. And then because I avoided sex I didn't build up sexual experience. Which made me believe I wouldn't perform well. And so I'm just going round and round in this loop. And it's getting worse and worse as time goes by. Um, so to think, you know, I deserve a woman. You know, I'm a quality man who's going to give her a good life. It was very hard for me to believe that. And I just didn't believe it. You know, I felt like if a girl liked me, I must have tricked her accidentally somehow. And she's going to come to light eventually. And Which leads me to the second thing I was afraid of was that I wouldn't be able to handle what it was I was asking for. You know, a woman of quality, the kind that I fantasized about, if she was to actually be with me. I, I was sure she would end up thoroughly disappointed when she found out what I truly was. And then she would abandon me just as I'm getting attached to her and break my heart. She would tell everyone, they'd laugh about me and mock me and I'd have no more opportunities ever again in my life. And a big disaster catastrophe would play up in my mind. And so like many men with sexual shame, I end up trapped in this impossible situation where I'm scared of failing in sex and I'm scared of succeeding. So I run towards it, and as soon as it looks like I can get it, I run away from it, and back and forth, and back and forth. Thankfully, my story didn't end there, and now I'll talk about how I fixed it. So these days, you'll be happy to know, this just isn't a problem for me anymore. It doesn't mean that I'm always like, all guns go in the bedroom, I still have the off nights. But what I believe now is that it's not a big deal. And that being a man... And connecting with women isn't actually all that much to do with sexual performance, exactly. There's other things that are more important. So if you're a guy listening to this, or a girl who's chasing a reluctant guy, I've got these like 10 things you need to know, okay? 
And these realizations just transformed my life once I acted on them. Number one, this is only happening because you have sexual shame. Okay. Overcoming the shame is the only thing you need to be focused on. You know, ED and other bedroom issues are pretty rare, pretty rarely a physical disorder. They're mostly mental. Um, so this is all in your head, and that's where the focus should be. Two, the pressure you feel does not come from other people. Now, they might have started it, started it, but you're the one who continues it. You're the one putting pressure on yourself. You'll notice this because sometimes you feel that pressure even though there's no one else around. I mean, who's that coming from if not from within yourself? And, and I've, I've had clients report back to me that they feel pressure even though they're with a girl who says it's not a big deal. So that she's clearly confirmed that she doesn't care about this and he still feels under pressure. That must be coming from himself. So you can't look to other people to solve this. This isn't going to be solved by you being good in bed because that's not where the pressure is coming from. Number three, pressure ruins sex. Pressure to perform ruins it because sex is about connection, presence. Pressure to perform is about future anxiety. And, and then it ruins dating and relationships, which are just sort of uh, representations of sex. So once you learn to stop pressuring yourself, sexual interactions and dating in general can actually become enjoyable for once. Um, you've got to make it okay to fail if you want to succeed in these areas. Number four, you are not alone. Okay, Lots of guys have these problems. Very few guys talk about it. So it looks like very few guys have them, but I wouldn't be in business if this wasn't a big problem. Okay. Guys need to be talking about this more. And we've got statistics now coming out of Japan that guys are just not having sex anymore. You know, this is getting bad. It really is. And you're not alone. There are millions and millions of guys suffering through this in silence. Number five, you're not weird or a failure for this happening. You know, all those guys bragging about their sexual conquests and their abilities, most of them are lying. Just right out, straight out lying. Okay. I've gone into too many in-depth conversations with women to think any differently. You know, and when women do go on about great sex they've had, it's because they're, it's so rare for them. Okay, some women have had great sex all their life. They are cr incredibly rare. Most of their experiences have been average to awful. Um, and most guys are pretty awful in bed, even experienced ones. They think they're good because they know a few porn positions or they can hammer away for a while. But great sex is about connection, about response to the woman. And most guys are just selfish in bed from what I hear. So you don't need to worry that you're different. Number six, some women might not like you, but you getting in your own way is the biggest problem. Okay. So not all guys are equally attractive to large portions of women, but most of the problems you're having with women are you doing things yourself. It's not about your like innate attractiveness. Primarily, if you work on becoming more shameless and bold and honest and less creepy and passive and like anxiety ridden, um, your chances go way up, okay? And that's got nothing to do with other people. That's your work. Number seven, take pressure off from going all the way, right? The number one tip that my clients have reported being the most helpful is just giving themselves permission to not have sex. It's something they've never done. So to be able to go on a date with a girl, to kiss a girl, to show attraction towards her, show interest in her, and still not actually have to take her to the bedroom so that you report back to your mates and be a man in their eyes. You can decide when to call quits. You can do it any time you like and just take that pressure off yourself that this has to cross, you know, the, the society's finish line. You don't have to impress anyone here. If you feel at the end of the day that that's as much as you can handle anxiety-wise, then say goodnight. See them again tomorrow or whatever. 
you can call it off. And I also like to have a backup plan. Like if I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to perform, have a bit of massage oil in the bedside table. You can always bust that out and say, hey, let's make tonight about you because my shit ain't working, right? Nobody's complained about that to me so far. Number eight, you need to start becoming shameless about this. My big breakthrough came when I was in bed with a girl, couldn't perform, and I just told her about it. I didn't pretend like, oh, this never happened before. I'm like, yeah, this happens heaps, actually, especially when I'm attracted to a girl and, you know, you're so hot and I'm just, you know, I'm freaking out. And I just talked it through like it was okay, and it was okay. And the next time it was okay too. And I became so capable of doing this conversation that eventually my problem went away because I knew I could handle it. It was my worry about it happening that made it happen. And when I didn't have to worry about it happening because I knew I'd handle it, if it did, it stopped happening. Number nine, your worth as a man has nothing to do with your sexual performance. Really nothing. Absolutely zero. Now, some insecure boys in high school will disagree with me, and insecure, like, wannabe alpha douchebags will disagree with me. But who gives a fuck what they think, right? Their views on healthy masculinity are irrelevant. You are the one who decides what masculinity is, and it has to be defined by what you can control. Your values, your decision-making, your behavior, your treatment of others, your integrity. Your sexual performance is not in that category. You can't control that. You don't know how to control that kind of element. You do get to decide what masculinity meets. Don't leave that decision up to your dick or up to your friend's opinions. You know. And number 10, the biggest one, bad sex is actually not the end of the world. Okay? Shocking, I know. Um, there are a few insecure, like, outcome-dependent, daddy-issues women out there who think it is a big deal, but you don't need to be in a relationship with them. Okay, they're quite rare. While sex is fun and an important part, or sexuality is an important part of a relationship, um, inexperience or lack of ability in bed is not a deal breaker, not like you think it is. Okay, Many women will prioritize other aspects over you, your ability in bed, you know, your honesty, your decisiveness, protectiveness, compassion, uh, loving and caring, courage, leadership, playfulness, vulnerability. Those things are more important to them. Okay? You can get those things nailed, they'll be very patient with you in bed. The only time they're going to be impatient with you in bed, where your sexual performance really matters, is when you don't deliver anything else or worthy. That's worthwhile. You know, and that's a lot of guys, unfortunately. So, focus on those things you can control, and those things you can't will be such, uh, so much less of a big deal. So look, no one's born being good at sex, and most men die never figuring it out, from what I hear. And who you are in a man depends just on how you deal with this. Not on being good in bed, but your self-acceptance, your honesty, your boldness and courage. So that's what I've got to say about that. That was quite a big dark history from me, but um, when I came to realize that sexual shame was at the heart of so many of the things in my life that weren't enjoyable, and I worked on it, then everything else fell into place. And that's why I think it's actually a much bigger deal than we give it credit for. And may be in fact responsible for most of the harmful behavior that men do around the world. Who knows? If you need any help with this, get in touch. I primarily coach guys around shame like this and confidence and masculinity. Dan at brojo.co.nz if you want to have a talk. Hope you enjoyed the video. Share it around if you're bold enough. And I'll see you next time. Cheers.